Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Welcome, Auburn, into this Friday edition of Sports Call Live on Tiger 95.9, the Tiger.fm, and the Tiger Communications app. My name is Ryan LaVoy, and I've got Brent Daughtry with me here this afternoon. Only a one-hour show with you today as Auburn softball gets ready to make their voyage through the NCAA tournament. Airtime at 4.15. First pitch scheduled for 4.30 unless something uh, delays it with the Clemson game going on before it, but we're getting off air at four uh, today. So a shortened edition of the show. Again, we apologize that our, our mixler for sports call uh, in particular is not working. Therefore, it's not working on the website. However, you can still listen live, of course, on your on your radio signal. But also, if you go to the Tiger Communications app and go to the Tiger ninety five point nine, or again. On the website, if you go to the Tiger 95.9 Listen Live, you can listen to uh, us still. Just unfortunately, we're having trouble linking up uh, the, the Mixler to the website and uh, and just technical difficulties. We, we certainly hope to have that resolved uh, on Monday, and we, we certainly regret that it's uh, had trouble all week long there, but we have been working on it. So a short show today. We will have Sports Call's Player of the Week, Better Late Than Never. Uh, we'll also talk about the newest Auburn Tiger for men's basketball. Uh, as uh, we've talked a lot in the last couple of days about uh, needing to add a couple more pieces, Auburn did that last night. And, of course, we'll preview Auburn softball in the NCAA tournament and Auburn baseball underway at Plainsman Park as they look to try and win another SEC series. They try and get in even better position for the NCAA and SEC tournaments. We'll update you on how Auburn and Missouri Game 1 is going. If you want to listen to that, you can listen to it on FM Talk 93.9. John Cohen, the athletic director of Auburn University, is on uh, doing color for Game 1 uh, with Andy Birch from the Voice of the Auburn Tigers. Ryan and Brant with you here just for an hour, short and sweet. We'll keep it. Brant, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, man, uh, and excited. Uh, like you said, only an hour, so not a lot of time. We've got baseball to talk about. We've got uh, NBA playoffs to talk about if we want to hit that up. Uh, softball getting started in the postseason here in, in just about an hour or so. So uh, a lot going on around campus and uh, looking forward to it. Glad it's Friday. Glad that the weekend's coming up and uh, hope everybody out there is doing good as well. Absolutely. And, of course, um, just with this hour program, and we still have time to take your phone calls if you'd like on our Auburn Bank phone line at 334-887-341 locally or toll-free at one nine tiger 9 Let's start with the news from Auburn basketball yesterday evening, uh, just shortly after uh, the conclusion of our show. Chad Baker-Mazzara uh, is now going to be an Auburn Tiger. He committed to the Tigers last night. I had saw... 
or I had seen earlier yesterday that Kentucky had started to recruit Chad Baker Mazaris. So uh, that uh, if you want to do the offer sheet scouting that we sometimes do with football, that might bode well uh, for the priority that this kid was was starting to get amongst uh, other big schools. And so, uh, Brant, uh, this this kid was again more of a late uh, arrival on the scene. It was more uh, more of the uh, Auburn had we we'd started to learn about him late last week, I suppose, maybe early this week, and then a week later the the sign sealed and delivered there, and 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 Auburn gets uh, another player for their for upcoming roster. Yeah, absolutely. I think this is a kid who's a really good player. Um, I, you look around it, he's bounced around a little bit. Uh, reportedly, the rumor is he's had some trouble with academics. That's why he was in JUCO last year. But obviously, he's gotten that sorted out well enough to come to Auburn. Now, you look at his statistics for him uh, as a player. He sh- he's shot over uh, close to 50% from the floor for his career. He's shot uh, around 40% from three for his career. He's been an incredible player. He's a great 3 and D wing. It's exactly what Auburn needed. He's got good size for that three position coming in at Six seven, I think, is what he's going to be listed at. So, uh, a great player, and uh, certainly hopes to be, projects to be a great player. And like you said, if Kentucky is offering you to play basketball, it, you're probably going to be pretty good. So, uh, Chad Baker Mazzara uh, looking to fill in at that three spot for Auburn, and and now I think that this lineup has really started to come together a little bit, especially if Janai Broom comes back next year. I think there's a lot here to like. So give you some of the particulars. Chad Baker, Missouri, was at a junior college this past season. He, before that, was at San Diego State and Duquesne. As Brant alluded to in his time with San Diego State combined with Duquesne, he shot 40% from three. However, in JUCO this past year, he elevated that on 150 attempts, shot 47% from three and so uh, a pretty good track record of being 40 percent and and beyond from the three-point line for a kid that is indeed as Brant said six foot seven so someone that is longer and lankier certainly more of a three maybe a four in certain lineups and I think that he would probably come in as the favorite to start at the small forward position. And so Auburn gets a guy that fills needs in terms of uh, by position, by height, and going back to the original need of the offseason, uh, appears to be a very, very good shooter. Yeah, absolutely he does. He's got two more. He's got two years of eligibility remaining, uh, and he was really good at San Diego State just – like we said, he a solid contributor, scored about seven points a game, shot forty percent from three uh, in that first in that one year at SDSU, uh, and was a contributor. But like I said, just had some academic issues apparently, and and that's why he had to go the JUCO route. But now he's he's out of that purgatory and uh, looking for a fresh start here at Auburn. And and you watch some of his highlights. I'm watching him right now. He's a great spot up shooter. Uh, he's a great catch and shoot guy. Really athletic, uh, plays plays good defense on the wing as well. So, like you said, fills a lot of needs for Auburn and six seven at that three spot. You a lot of the criticism last year was, well, this lineup it can play defense some, but it's just not tall enough to be a really good defensive team. Uh, and they absolutely have added to their their wingspan and their height uh, and their starting lineup this year. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, he was six man of the year in the Mountain West Conference with San Diego State. San Diego State, one of the better basketball programs in that conference, usually a a frequent NCAA tournament 
uh, participant. And, of course, last year was much more than just a participant uh, with their magical run through the NCAA tournament. Of course, he was not on that team, but just, again, stating the the uh, the prowess of that program. That's certainly a well-respected mid-major program. So, um, Chad Baker-Mazar, the latest now to join the fold with Auburn, the third transfer portal edition factoring in Chaney Johnson and Denver Jones. Still a scholarship or two certainly available, uh, even before the the announcements of Janai Broom, Jalen Williams, and Dylan Cardwell, against assuming that Cardwell and Williams will definitely be back. And, of course, we've talked in recent days about Janai Broom. He had another scrimmage at the Combine yesterday. was not as productive as the day before. I think it was something like eight and six, uh, 8.6 rebounds, something like that, on, on maybe 4 of 10 shooting, something in there. I, uh, forgive me for not the exact numbers, but it was certainly not the 20 and 10 game that he had had uh, in, in, in scrimmage number one. So we'll continue to keep track uh, of all of that. That is the latest on the Auburn basketball roster. Again, Chad Baker-Mazzara, the newest Auburn Tiger. We're going to go ahead to our first break of the show. When we come back, we'll go to the Auburn Bank phone line for the first time today and a little bit later, birthdays and sports. You're listening to the Friday edition of Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Another way to listen to our show? Be sure to download the Tiger Communications app and listen to Sports Call wherever you go. We're done paying the bills. Now back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back to Sports Call, Tiger 95.9. Ryan LaVoy, Brant Daughtry with you here this afternoon. Again, a shortened edition of the show as Auburn softball coming up. Airtime in just about an hour uh, from McWhorter Stadium in Clemson, South Carolina. The game before Auburn right now is slow so far. Clemson only uh, in the third inning with UNCG. However, they're already up 9-1, to one, so the run rule would be in effect as it is throughout the season. So uh, that, that might only be a five-inning, four-and-a-half-inning softball game the way that's headed. So, again, uh, not going to adjust our showtime. We will be getting off there right about 4 o'clock today. Let's go to the Auburn Bank phone line for the first time today, 334-887-341 locally or toll-free, 1-889-TIGER-9. First up on the show today, James from Montgomery. James is with us. James, how are you doing? I'm good and War Eagle. War Eagle. Yeah, the first thing that I want to start off is I want to – actually talk about the uh, future, the former Hall of Famer of the Pro Football Hall of Fame, Jim Brown, has passed away yesterday at the age of 87 years old, and he would truly, truly be missed by a lot of football fans like myself and many others. And with this being said on my heart, he has broke so many, many, many barriers for uh NFL stars that are coming into the league as well. And, you know, he's really done a lot in his lifetime of 87 years old. And he's he will truly be missed by a lot of uh, Cleveland Brown fans as well that have seen him in person, that's known so many great things that he's done on and off the field 
for um, you know for African American players and uh, you know just African American stars in in general. Just to sum it up as well. Well said, James. Yeah, Jim Brown, a true uh, legend of of I wouldn't say just even the NFL. I would <coughs> say of sports in general. Uh, and, and very sad to learn today that he had passed away uh, last night, and uh, and certainly his family are in our thoughts and prayers. But yeah, his uh, his legacy goes beyond just the, the football field. I mean, he is one of the great athletes of all time, and uh, and he will be missed. Yes, as well, because I I could um, relate to uh, Jim Brown actually seeing him. Uh, being inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame and getting to see a great, you know, icon, legendary uh, player, uh, a civil rights activist, and seeing seeing a little bit of uh, of what he's gonna like, you know, what he was actually saying, and when he was talking about like different things that were going on in in society, I I was, you know awestruck and and my jaw just hit the ground of seeing so uh seeing a great uh person of color and getting to know uh the player getting to see his highlights getting to know uh his movies and and studying um for me as a young african-american uh sports person that loves nfl and i've talked about it so many times on this show and seeing uh, a lot of what Jim Brown has really inspired me to be a, a young, uh, upcoming athlete in the near future, whenever that time actually comes as well. Yeah, absolutely, James. And, uh, again, his impact uh, goes well beyond the sports and, and for reasons like what you just said about uh, you uh, looking up to him and I'm sure a lot of others looking up to him. And, again, it is a, a sad day, and he, but he lived a very important and full life. Yes, as well. And then with the Auburn women's softball that's coming in at 4 o'clock, um, I'm actually going to be listening to that game and uh, seeing if we're going to take these uh, last few games that we have our of our regular season and uh, seeing if we're going to bring the, the trophy home to Auburn as well. Yeah, so that this is this is now postseason play. The, the regular season mm-hmm. concluded uh, the other week and and so now it's a, it's kind of winner go home time. It's a double elimination format this weekend, and so uh, Auburn could end up playing as many as five games, or they could play as few as two if they lose both. But uh, they'll be in the Clemson Regional, and and we're hoping that Auburn can can get out of it. Yes, as well, because I'm actually going to be listening to some uh, great. Uh baseball players, uh, softball players uh, getting called in. Um, one of my great softball players from Auburn is uh, Manny Penta. I'm hoping she will start, uh, you know, her her career uh, later on this evening and uh, getting to hear some of her great uh, home runs that she's actually done in her career as well. Yeah, Maddie in the circle has uh, has been dominant for Auburn all season long. She won the SEC Pitcher of the Year, uh, and uh, she has been uh, so incredible for the Tigers. And uh, you figure to see a lot of her in the circle throughout the weekend. Yes, that's well, because I know during the regular season I was watching um, the last few games that we were playing. I was watching Manny Penta, and I was thinking – I, I see great things coming out of her. Maybe in her near future, I would like to see her play with the U.S. Uh, 
gymnast, uh, the U.S. Uh, team for the Olympics sometime this year as well, because I think that's what she she really um, outstanding with her um, pitching um, persona that she has with Auburn. I, I I see her winning the gold medal for the United States as well. Yeah, hopefully she will play for Team USA softball one day. I'm sure that might be something that she would love to do and. And certainly being the best pitcher in the Southeastern Conference, I think that would qualify her well to, to have the opportunity to do that if she wanted to. Yes, as well. And then with the uh, Auburn men's baseball team, I'm looking at uh, Butch Thompson and seeing if we're actually, I'm seeing if they're going to go back to the College World Series this year. And I'm pretty sure that they, I'm pretty sure that we might make it this year to the College World Series. And if we make it to the College World Series, who do you think that Auburn will play in the first uh, round of the College World Series? Yeah, obviously a long way to go to get there. Auburn will probably be a two seed in the in the in the regional, so they would not be favored to to go all the way to the College World Series. But if if they get there, I think they'll find some other SEC teams. I think they'll see the likes of Florida or LSU, uh, maybe Arkansas. Uh, and uh, I know that Wake Forest has had a great season in the ACC. So, I mean, there's going to be a lot of teams regionally around here. I think Stanford has been uh, really good this year out there in the Pac-12. So uh, it's kind of hard to say, but uh, Auburn, you know, they've, they've made some, some storybook runs before, but certainly they would have to do that again because they would not be favored to go that deep into the tournament. Yes, that's all. And then for next year's, um, baseball season, where do you see uh, some players actually might make a comeback from this year to 2024 and 2025 on the 2023 uh, Auburn roster as well? Yeah, uh, I, I think that you start with uh, Ike Irish and how, how good he's been as a freshman this year. Uh, he certainly would not be able to go pro. I'd have to check on some of the the eligibility of the draft requirements for some of these guys i know on the flip side of that we've heard that the the likelihood is that jo- uh, joseph gonzalez who's supposed to be the ace pitcher for auburn this year is likely to go pro and i think for a lot of these guys it really just depends on where they get drafted and and, and how early in the draft it is some of these guys that get drafted super late might want to come back because uh, they, you know that's not necessarily guaranteed much money, and we know the minor league system, you don't make a whole lot of money until you get to the major leagues. And so uh, some of it might just depend on, on where guy, when guys are drafted. But uh, I, I think that Auburn, as always, they'll have a few good players for sure coming back, and then they'll have to, to fill in the gaps with some more transfers and some, with, with some guys that are new. I know another guy that you'll expect to see back next year, Chris Stanfield, who's been – a nice surprise. He was a big-time recruit, uh, but did not start the year as the starter and now has filled in in that left-field role for Auburn. So they'll, they'll have guys back for sure, but we'll have to wait a little bit deeper into uh, into the summer to, to know exactly who all that would be. Yes, as well, because when the uh, Major League Baseball draft comes in, um, I'm always looking at to see who's going to uh, – who my Texas Rangers would pick from Auburn. I know there are some great players out there that wants to play – for the Texas Rangers, but I'm just trying. I'm just trying to see uh, who who we're actually going, who they're going to actually pick from the Auburn roster, or who they're going to call up for the Texas Rangers. And I think we really need uh, my team. Really needs a lot of help 
with a lot of these Auburn players as well. And uh, I've seen so many of these great guys hit bombs out of uh, playing in the park. And uh, I, I really think that some of these guys might come and uh, ride on the Texas uh, train as well. Yeah, we will see. We'll see how those guys uh, how they fare if they go to the MLB draft. Now, James, I usually when I ask you about hockey, I ask you about mm-hmm. the Dallas Stars. But did you catch that four overtime game last night between Carolina and Florida? Yes, I actually did. I was actually uh, did I actually did catch that as well because I did have uh, Carolina favorite to win, but um, hopefully I didn't win that that game. But I'm thinking I might win uh, tonight if they play if Carolina plays tonight. So I'm just trying to see if um, if they're going to actually take that um, win in Carolina because I'm actually looking at the Stanley Cup uh, playoff. Standings, and I'm looking at Dallas and Carolina Hurricanes actually meeting up in the Stanley Cup playoffs. So I'm hoping that those two uh, teams might meet up as well. So I'm hoping that we'll play that my Stars will win tonight and tomorrow against the Las Vegas uh, Golden Knights as well. So I'm I'm hoping that we'll win uh, tonight and tomorrow night as well. Yeah, it was a historically long game last night. I believe it was the sixth longest. Uh, game ever uh, in the National Hockey League and and won by the Florida Panthers. So we'll see if Carolina bounces back this weekend. And, yes, we'll see if your Stars uh, can play well tonight in the first game against the Golden Knights. Yes, as well, because I will be watching that one. And then um, later on tonight, I'm actually watching uh, the opening night for the WNBA and uh, seeing of night of game one of um, Brittany Griner's return to uh, – the uh, Mercury and uh, getting to see a brand new improved Brittany Griner uh, tonight in tonight's game as well. And I'm, I'm going to be, you know, shedding a lot of tears and uh, actually seeing her actually playing once again in the WNBA as well. And maybe with the uh, WNBA finals in the, in the ballots, I'll probably see my Dallas wings meet up with the Mercury and um, that will be a really good matchup that I would like to see this year. Yes, and uh, that will be the Mercury and uh, Sparks coming up tonight. And as you said, that WMEA getting underway, so we'll see how your Dallas Wings do too. Any final thoughts for us, James, before we let you go? Um, well, the only final thought that I actually have is just to, you know, put God in everything that we do and uh, keep keep on moving forward with uh, everything that Auburn is really going to look forward to. And I wish I was back there in Auburn for uh, the opening season for uh, week one when we actually play against uh, UMass University. And I would love to be there in person in Jordan-Hare Stadium and actually seeing some new uh, fans that are going to be coming uh, to the to the stadium this year as well. Yeah, absolutely. We're we're looking forward to uh, the the new season as uh, it's still a few months away, but uh, you can never be. Uh, well, all the excitement's always here, and uh, James, we certainly appreciate your phone call today, and we hope you have a great weekend. All right, sounds good, and talk to y'all guys on Monday. War Eagle, War Eagle. That is James from Montgomery joining us on the Auburn Bank phone line. We're going to go ahead and take our next time out of the show. We'll be back. Sports Call's Player of the Week. Also, birthdays and sports coming up. You're listening to the Friday edition of Sports Call on Tiger 95.9.
easy it is to listen to our show? All you have to do with your Amazon smart device is say, Alexa, play Sports Call Auburn. I'm Jeff Whitaker Jr., former Auburn Tigers defensive tackle and national champion, and you are listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back to Sports Call, Tiger 95.9. Ryan LaVoy and Brent Domptry with you about halfway through the show already. We're getting off air about 4 o'clock as Auburn softball in the Clemson Regional at 4.15 airtime. Britt Bowen on the call of that. They'll only play one today, but stay tuned based off the result today. But when they might play tomorrow, could have two games tomorrow, could have up to two on Sunday we certainly hope Auburn can avoid losing two times during the weekend as that would mean they would advance on to the Super Regionals. Before we do anything else today, let's get to today's birthdays in sports. It's time for today's birthdays in sports. Birthdays in sports, as always, is presented by Max Credit Union with two convenient locations to serve you. One location on Gay Street in Auburn, the other on Frederick Road in Opelika. The Max Credit Union help you with all of your banking needs. London Fletcher turns 48, former NFL linebacker, went undrafted in the 1998 NFL draft out of John Carroll, not Catholic in Birmingham, the school, the college John Carroll, and signed with the St. Louis Rams as an undrafted free agent. Also played for the Buffalo Bills and Washington Redskins, Super Bowl 34 champion, two-time second-team All-Pro, four-time Pro Bowler, 2012 Bart Star Award, member of the Washington Commanders Ring of Fame, Named as a Washington Commander's 90 Greatest and member of College Football Hall of Fame, London Fletcher turns 48 today. It's pretty good. I remember watching London Fletcher. That was about the time I got into the NFL. He was really a nice height. Excellent linebacker. Archie Manning turns 74 today. And make sure I didn't stop at Arch. It's Archie today who turns 74. Former NFL quarterback selected second. You know, the age would have given College freshman Arch Manning, 74 years (laughs) old. You're never too old to go back to school. Selected second overall in the 1971 NFL Draft by the New Orleans Saints out of Ole Miss. Also played with the Houston Oilers, Minnesota Vikings. Two-time Pro Bowler, member of the New Orleans Saints Ring of Honor and Hall of Fame. At Ole Miss, Manning was 1969 SEC Player of the Year and first-team All-American and first-team All-SEC. Number 18, retired by the Rebels, member of the College Football Hall of Fame. Archie Manning turns 74 today. Kevin Garnett turns 47. Anything is possible. There you go. Former NBA power forward, selected fifth overall in the 1995 NBA draft by the Minnesota Timberwolves out of Farragut Academy. Excuse me. Wow. Uh, Also played for the Boston Celtics and Brooklyn Nets. 2008 NBA champion with the Celtics. 04 NBA most valuable player. 15-time All-Star. Four-time on the NBA first-team list. Three-time on the All-NBA second team and two-time on the third team. 2008 NBA Defensive Player of the Year, nine-time All-Defensive Teamer, three-time second defensive teamer, four-time rebounding champion, All-Rookie Team in 1996, and member of the NBA 75th Anniversary Team. His number five is retired by the Celtics. Kevin Garnett turns 47 today. Best trash talker, excuse me, best trash talker of all time. Him and uh, Gary Payton would be, yep, would be yeah. my picks there. Bryce Elder turns 24. 
Current pitcher for the Atlanta Braves in 2023, Elder has a record of 5-4 with an ERA of 2.60 and has 86 strikeouts in the year. Nice surprise this year from Bryce Elder. They've needed it in the rotation. He turns 24 today, and those are the birthdays in sports presented by Max Credit Union, London Fletcher, 48, Archie Manning, 74, Kevin Garnett, 47, and Bryce Elder, 24. It's so weird to think about athletes that are about the same age as me because I'm so used to being younger than them. I'm going, man, Bryce Elder's turning 24. He's the same age as me. I'm 24. I'm turning 25 on Wednesday. Uh-huh. So he will not be. He's he's a full year yeah. younger than me just about. So that's a weird thing to think about. Yeah. And he's starting tonight, isn't he? I do, I Is he? I, the up, Braves but, have put their lineup out. I'll, I'll look it up. You continue. But uh, yeah, no, that dynamic it, it uh you can't think about it for too long. <laughs> you, you you just can't because then you start to think about, well, oh, when I was in high school cuz I'm 27, that means elder would have been a freshman when I was a senior yeah. and that would have been weird <laughs> and and just uh everything that comes with aging and then you, you start to factor in I'm like 5 or 6 years away, which makes you 7 or 8 years away from oh that guy, that athlete, is past his prime. Yep. I'm that age, yep. and I passed my prime. <laughs> when Patrick Mahomes is retiring from the NFL, what are we going to do? Right. <laughs> so, uh, it just, and, uh, yeah, Bryce Elder is starting tonight. Okay, hopefully he gets a birthday victory then, and the Braves hit some birthday bombs for him, and, and things go well. Uh, Braves have the Mariners this weekend. They played like four or five American League teams in a row. I, I like the balanced schedule. I don't know if I wanted every American League team done by the end of May. Yeah. Because it feels yeah, like... spread it out a little bit. Because uh, they had a couple series in April. I remember they had the Royals, and I think they had somebody else. Uh, so they're going to be halfway done with American League play by the end of this weekend. And uh, they've, they've been playing a lot of American League teams here as of late. A bit late in the week, but uh, we do need to get to this week's Sports Calls Player of the Week. So here it is. Celtics guard Jason Tatum is Sports Call's Player of the Week. The 25-year-old set multiple records en route to a Game 7 win over the Philadelphia 76ers over the weekend. After scoring just 19 points in Game 6, Tatum regrouped to score 51 points, a Game 7 record, to move on to the Eastern Conference Finals. Tatum also played strong defense, grabbing two steals and helping to hold NBA MVP Joel Embiid to just 17 points. He also had five assists and grabbed 13 rebounds. Jason Tatum is Sports Call's Player of the Week. Jason Tatum, this week's Sports Call Player of the Week, and big thanks to Brant, who handles that for us each and every week. Uh, NBA in action every night. This is this is great scheduling by the NBA and NHL. It's it's kind of a no-brainer, but you're glad they didn't get cute with it and try to double up on a weekend or something. You got one NBA game. You got one NHL game every single day uh, until these conference finals are over, and then, of course, we bleed it down to the finals but uh jason tatum with a one-upping performance of steph curry anyway i I don't need (laughs) to get in an argument by points a one-upping uh statement victory game seven at home against the philadelphia 76ers tatum with 51 points to get back to the conference finals the celtics now uh Back in the conference finals after going to the NBA finals last year, this is a rematch now of the conference finals from last year between the Heat and Celtics. But uh, Jason Tatum uh, was great, obviously. There were some murmurs of, hey, Jalen Brown is is really that 
same level of player? Should they be focusing a little bit more on trying to give an, an even opportunity there? And then Tatum said, no, still best player on the team. <laughs> Brown's really good, but I'm I'm even a little bit better. Yeah, look, Jason Tatum is a guy that you can win a ch- you build around him and you win a championship. You can absolutely do that with a guy the caliber of his player. And like like you touched on a, a little bit ago, 51 points, a Game 7 record for the NBA. The previous record was set two weeks ago so yes. by Steph Curry. So when it, when he scored 50 in the Game 7 against uh, the Kings, right? Yes. That was in that Kings series. So um, it's still very funny to me that the Warriors played two rounds in the playoffs and both of them went to Game 6, or both of them went at least six, and they never left California. <laughs> yes. They, uh, California dreaming there. Uh I will I, since I am a Curry guy. I'll be like, I'll, I'll do the American League National League thing, where it's like, oh, you know, Aaron Judge has the American League home run record, which is not the Major League record. Yeah. So I'm gonna do, hey, Steph Curry has the road Game Seven record, mm. and Jason Tatum has the overall uh, Game Seven record. And there, there is a legitimate difference, as, as, as similar as the AL and the NL are at this in the way the game is right, right. now. Scoring 50 points on the road, scoring 51 points at home, both super impressive, but yes. they are different. Uh, so the Celtics now uh, have a game two with Miami tonight. Uh, we saw the Nuggets win game two against the Lakers. Since we do have a short show, we will not deep dive into those series, but we do hope to do that a little bit next week. But uh, again, Jason Tatum, this week's player of the week, uh, and uh, trying to have early entries for the next player of the week. Again, we go Auburn heavy when we can. Uh they are playing very speedy baseball over at Plainsman <laughs> Park. It uh, was a 2 o'clock start. They played baseball for an hour 42 minutes, and they're in the bottom of the 7th. Auburn leads 3 nothing. What a job by Chase Isbell today uh, with seven shutout frames uh, and really kind of furthering the momentum this pitching staff has. It, it kind of spreads. We, we talk about on the negative side of things earlier this year where – uh, you walk two people, and you walk three people, and I walk three people, and the umpire walk three people. Just <laughs> everyone from Auburn walking, hitting people. And now you got Tommy Vail going in the right direction. You got a little bit out of Herber holes. Uh, you, Will Cannon has had important relief appearances, and now it's spreading down the line. Where now other guys? I know John Armstrong's had a good appearance or two. And now Chase's, but with seven shutout innings, I think that. That is not some small thing, and I know that Missouri's had road troubles, um, but Auburn leading 3 nothing as they try to – and I can't – again, don't have time to go into the scenarios we did yesterday, but they did get some good stuff last night when Kentucky lost to Florida, uh, and they got some good news when Vandy went ahead and lost game one to Arkansas. So Auburn trying to rocket up the, the last weekend of the SEC standings and uh, off to a good start today. Yeah, absolutely. And look, I said you take – you want to take two out of three in, in this series because sweeps are a lot to ask. You know, it's reasonable to ask to win a series. But if you get Chase Isbell out there, one of the guys who's been a little more inconsistent, and he gives you seven shutout frames, gives you a three nothing lead into the seventh. I mean, all of a sudden you're you're looking you're looking really good because Tommy Vale has been incredible, and he's going to go in game two, right? Isn't he? Yes. He's at start yes. game two uh, later tonight. So uh, absolutely just a, you know, you're in a really good spot right now if you're Auburn. You just got to win this game and hope good things continue to happen. And, and, hey, carry that through to the postseason because, again, we talk about it in basketball all the time, but it's true for baseball as well. It's not about being the best team 
the entire season. It's about being good enough to get there and then getting hot at the right time. Uh, two other baseball notes. Again, a reminder, if you're going out to Plainsman Park tonight, the Eagles going to fly again. Uh, I, I think they did – um, the, the new rule with the double headers were that uh, admission was good for both games. So, I think that's true. So m- maybe many of the people that are, are going to watch the game tonight are already there watching the first one. But if you are only watching the second one at Plainsman Park, the Eagle will fly a few minutes prior uh, to the game again. And then also just checking the, the SEC the leaderboard, you know, Alabama coming in play one game behind Auburn. They would have a tiebreaker because, unfortunately, Auburn played them when they were looking more like a uh, – uh, a non-SEC tournament team now, Auburn looking like an uh, uh, SEC tournament team that might even be – or excuse me, an NCAA tournament team that might even be able to advance to a super. And uh, so Alabama, just one game behind there, beating up on Ole Miss again, who has just absolutely phoned it in for the for the season. <laughs> uh, Bama winning 8-1 to one there. So, again, if, if Alabama can sweep Ole Miss, and they'll require Auburn, Auburn to sweep Missouri to stay ahead of them in the standings. Uh, because they would have that head-to-head tiebreaker. Bama playing better baseball now, too, now that their coach doesn't bet against them. So, uh, uh, yeah, I did not mince words there. Um, no, so, no. So they're uh, playing better are. baseball. They, they won a series against Vanderbilt and now are, are in the process of taking the first two against lowly Ole Miss. Uh, and for Missouri, you know, they are a little nervous, too, because last night they talked about Auburn liked a couple of the results in the league. Uh, Missouri decidedly did not like that Mississippi State came back and walked off Texas A&M because State's the one team that can dethrone either Georgia or Missouri and bump them out of Hoover. So Georgia did lose last night, and that was good for Missouri, but Missouri's still anxious to get one more win uh, to lock up their situation and getting into Hoover. Mississippi State trying to get... (laughs) One team from the state of Mississippi, the state that has been responsible for the last two national titles in college baseball. Those two teams are the two on the outside looking in uh, Hoover. And uh, that's how quickly things can change uh, in sports and in college sports when you've got a lot of roster turnover these days. We're going to take one final time out of the show. Again, getting off air at 4 o'clock. It's 4.15. We'll have Auburn softball star on our airwaves we'll be back to wrap up this week of sports call right after this is on the air weekdays from 3 until 6 p.m. If you are currently driving in a four-door sedan, roll up the windows and turn up the radio. We're Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Let's get back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Feel free to give us a call at 334-887-3401 or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Welcome 
Welcome back to Sports Call, final segment of the day and for the week here on Tiger 95.9. Ryan LaVoy and Brant Johnfrey with you here. Following things at the Clemson Regional, as we want to be as particular as possible with airtime, it's supposed to be at 4.15, and it should still be at 4.15, but Clemson needs to... I think churn out one more yeah, run. Score here. one more run. The bases are loaded with only one out. And if they can score it, then I, I think we're going to be starting on time here. Yeah. Uh, there is, um, it's 15 to 1 Clemson. Yeah. In case you're interested, that's who Auburn's going to have to beat at some point to to get through to the Super Regional. And uh, Clemson has um, informed UNCG that they're not on their level. UNCG <laughs> has, has uh, changed pitchers because why not? Uh, so it is the bottom of the fourth. They're not going to play seven. It's either going to be done in five or it's going to be done right there in the fourth. Uh, but we're still getting off air here in a couple minutes because, I mean, sports, you never know. It could end on a whim, and we're not going to take our chances. So we're ending here in just a few minutes. Uh, talking about Auburn softball real briefly here, uh, we, we talked about the element of, of how they just got, quite frankly, screwed over uh, in the in the draw both as not being able to host a regional and the misfortune of they're going to have to play Oklahoma if they do get out of the regional. Uh, but let's look at this team. Uh, they, they did lose to Clemson uh, in the Clemson regional last year. And uh, this team has obviously revolved a lot in the circle around Matty Pinta. This team does not have a bunch of hitters that have overwhelmingly big numbers, either in home run department or hitting like 430 or anything like that. But they've been very timely. They've had contributions from different people in different weeks. And that's what it kind of takes this time of year when there's there's always going to be a couple star players. But if you really want to make those runs, it's got to be more of a, a, of a team effort. And, and Auburn's been able to, to put together the right hits at the right time. And we'll see if it happens this weekend. Yeah, I like the way you worded it. Timely hitting is really what's gotten Auburn its wins this year. It's never going to be – just burying the other team beneath an avalanche of runs. You're, you're going to score four or five on a good day, but those four or five are going to come when you need them most. They're going to come one right after the other. Good hitting is contagious for this team, so they are while they are never going to have multiple big innings in a single game, they are capable of, at any time, starting to string together a bunch of hits to score three or four runs in a single frame. That's kind of how they operate. Um, but the pitching is the strength of this team, namely in Maddie Penta. She's been fantastic. Uh, we've sung her praises all year. She's SEC Pitcher of the Year. There, there's no, there's no news there. It's all, it's all very well known stuff. So, uh, everything to do with uh, with Maddie Penta is well deserved, and we've gone over it. So Auburn softball is really going to lean on her uh, through this regional. And it looks like I can confirm that, unfortunately, we were wrong. It's not 15 after three. It looks like it's 20 after three. So Clemson now up 16 runs in the bottom of the fourth. Again, this game will either end in a few moments in the bottom of the fourth or they will play a top of the fifth, and then it will end. So it's now looking like it's potentially going to be a few extra minutes for uh, for Auburn to play their first game, but again, I, I don't think it's going to be anything um, anything too drastic here. So uh, Clemson clearly going to advance to uh, the 1-0 game. Again, a reminder of the format that it is a double elimination format. There will be just one game today uh, for all teams. Tomorrow it will get busy. 
Uh, we don't know the order, unfortunately. It's up to Clemson, I guess, to announce how they want to do the order tomorrow of the 1-0-1-0 game versus the 0-1-0-1 game. When those times are going to take place and all that, we will uh, let you know. I guess not on this show, but, of course, through our social medias and, and through Auburn social medias. Uh, when those games will happen throughout the weekend. You can play as little as two because of the dumb elimination. You can play as much as five if you get to in that loser's bracket at some point. Or if you go uh, – no, not if you go 2-0. Oh. If you if you get in the loser's bracket either by 0-1 oh or 1-1, or one, one, you could end up playing one game today, play two tomorrow, and have to play two on Sunday because, of course, double elimination. So it's a big advantage to go 2-0 because oh, yes. you, you – don't have to play more than uh, four and you have two chances to advance out of the regional so uh, that's why it's uh, early very important Uh, but of course this time of year not much room for error just a minute or two left in the show time for a nightly tv guide our show is about to end but we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening here's sports calls nightly tv guide sports calls nightly tv guide presented by white claw hard seltzer uh, a lot of college softball on the dock at 4 o'clock. Oregon plays Notre Dame on ESPN2. At 4 o'clock, Oklahoma. Uh, they're not going to lose to Hofstra. Uh, 4 o'clock on ESPNU. If you want to see how bad the deficit is, check out ESPNU. 4.30 on ESPN+. Plus. That's where you can find Auburn and Cal State Fullerton. Uh, again, ESPN Plus at uh, 4.30, maybe just a few minutes afterwards, depending on the conclusion of this game. 6 o'clock on the SEC Network Plus. It is Auburn and Missouri in baseball. That one has gone to the eighth inning. Still a 3 nothing lead for Auburn baseball inside of Plainsman Park. Of course, you can listen to all that also on our sister station, FM Talk 93.9. 6.20 on Apple TV+. Plus. It's the Seattle Mariners and the Atlanta Braves. So, yes, Apple TV+, Plus for that. Or, of course, on another one of our sister stations, AM 1230 WAUD. And then NHL tonight, Game 1 of the Western Conference Finals between the Dallas Stars and Las Vegas Golden Knights in Las Vegas. And in the NBA on TNT, 7.30 the Miami Heat and the Boston Celtics game two. Celtics trying to take a commanding 2-0 lead on the road. 2-0 leads at home are one thing, but if you can go get both on the road, uh, you are in the front row. And that is Sports Call's nightly TV guide presented by White Claw Hard Seltzer. That will do it for the show for today and for the week. Brant, Brant thank you for being here throughout the week. And uh, I know you'll be on the board for Auburn softball today. Brooks, myself, and, and, and you will all be on at some point this weekend. But thank you for what you do, and uh, have a great weekend, sir. Enjoyed being here. Thank you for having me. And, of course, we thank all those that tuned in and called in, as always. For Brant Daughtry, my name is Ryan Lavoy. Enjoy Auburn softball today and throughout the weekend in the NCAA tournament. Have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you on Monday.